well, I'm I'm already going, so just tell me a little bit about yourself. Gosh, where do I start? So uh, my name is Samantha Rank. I am 32. I am my well, my my working title, I suppose, is an actress and presenter in the UK. But I I also do blogging and I write for magazines. I write for the Huffington Post and the Metro online. Um, and I also have a lifestyle column in um, Possibility Magazine, which is one of the number one UK uh, disability magazines. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of dip into all different kinds of creative arts, um, which I think is great. I used to be a high school teacher. So before I was moving to London six years ago, um, I used to teach children with special educational needs. But I'm actually a qualified language teacher. Um, yeah, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. Like I said, I've been here in London for six years. I've moved from the northwest of England, from quite a small town to the big city, just um, wanting to explore um, kind of what life had to offer. I think anyone who comes from a small town um, knows what it's like that sometimes mari- marriage and children are the main priority. Um, but for me, I wanted to see a bit more of the world. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know uh, I've actually watched a little bit of your appearance uh, on Loose Women from a couple weeks ago. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that was that was very nerve-wracking. It's um, a really big show over here. I think you have, is it the uh, is it the View or what do you have that's similar with Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, yeah, The View I think would be it, the closest. It, it, is it The View? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a really big thing over here. So that was the first time that I was one of the panellists. Um, I've been on as a guest before. So, yeah, so fingers crossed, um, I, I'll kind of do that again. Yeah, that was exciting. That was really exciting. And I think I definitely want to get into a bit more presenting. Um, it's quite tricky um, being an actress, uh, well, being, being an actress in general, regardless of disability, it's quite a, a tough industry to crack. And even if you do get your big break, once that's over, it's not necessarily, you know, necessarily um, secure that you'll get another big break. So that's I think that's why I'm kind of just seeing what other options there are. And I think we're presenting. Um, I can I can incorporate my activism and my campaigning, and also I can just be me, which is great. That's always handy when you can just be yourself. Exactly, easy, nothing to learn. You also have OI, which I have OI too. So tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah, so um, I've got type 3 OI. And for anyone who doesn't know what OI is, it's osteogenesis imperfecta. And even after 32 years of having the condition, I still struggle to spell it. Um, But it's more commonly known as brittle bone condition. So it's a collagen deficiency. I, I don't have type 1 collagen in my body. And that's predominantly in your bones that's why our bones break quite easily but it's also found in your skin in your hair um pretty much everything that makes up your body so um i've got type 3 which is a slightly different mutation um so even though it's a genetic condition uh, no one in my family um has it so it was a complete fluke um i'm the lucky one but i mean at the moment i'm nursing a broken elbow which is not great i had a i tried to put um, a heavy bag on the back of my wheelchair and my stabilizers weren't on um, and my chair just went back and took me with it and uh, so I broke I broke a few bones so I'm still in recovery but I've been in London for six years and only in the past six months have I had um, major fractures so touch wood I'm just gonna touch some my table here so yeah I've been quite fortunate um I don't know if you find yourself, as you kind of get into adolescence and early 20s, things kind of slow down with, with osteogenesis imperfecta. Um, I, I don't know whether you've experienced that, like you get a little bit more bone density, you're a bit more stable. And I think also you know your body really well. Yeah, I, uh, I actually had my first bone break a few months ago in nine years. I broke my collarbone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's what I did in November. I broke yeah. my collarbone in two places. I actually fell off the toilet, which um, sounds funny. Yeah. But I suppose it is a bit funny. Um, I may or 
may not have been slightly intoxicated, but I will, I'll leave it there. Um, it's funny yeah, after the bone is healed. Well, but you know, before yeah. it's healed, it's very unfunny, but, mm. you know, but once it's healed, you know, the, yes. you know yeah. the, the humor is allowed to come through. Then you can reflect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone else seems to find it funny when I tell that story. Um, but yes, that's that. So, I mean, to be honest, I, it doesn't really affect me um, as much as it used to. I've had both my legs rotted with telescopic rods, and I've had the whole of my spine fused to stop scoliosis. So that's really kind of made my life life expectancy. Um, you know, unless I fall off another toilet, is is you know normal, shall I say? And you know, my quality of life is a lot better after those operations. Yeah, I remember watching you on Loose Women, and it was surprising how similar we both are. Because I have rods in my legs, I have oh, really? my spine fused, <laughs> I have OI type three. <laughs> I've, there you go. I okay. have, however, never fallen off the toilet. You know, but today will probably be uh, the day. Give it time. Yeah, yeah. You know, give it yeah, time. You know, today will be the day. I'm sure. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be today where I fall. Never, you know. never say never. Never say. Oh yeah, you know, like I'm never. You know, like I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, you, know. uh, you know, just you know, give it enough time. Um, exactly. I always say that I'm gonna probably pass away from something like really silly, like choking on like super noodles yeah. or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It will be very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that acting comes in handy. Yeah. That's where the acting, even in my final final moments, yeah. I'll go down, yeah. go down with yeah. uh with drama. Yeah, uh, you know, you go out with the last big show. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Not that we, you know, talking for more morbid subject. Anyway, move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it like for you growing up? Oh, that's a tough one to be honest I mean I my father passed away when I was 10 and so after that happened my life changed through dramatically so I, I would say like when when I talk to people about my you know my childhood yeah it was challenging with my disability but if I'm honest the fallout from losing a parent at a young age was actually more devastating and more life-changing than anything to do with my disability so it's it's a funny one um obviously I did experience bullying at school I did experience feelings of anxiety and depression um feeling you know excluded particularly particularly when you get to that age where people get boyfriends or people you know have parties and I wasn't really being invited but on the whole I was I was kind of one of them kids that was in the middle, not the really, not the really super popular, but not kind of the geeks either. So I kind of always had a lot of friends around me, but I was always falling out with everybody um, because I think they, I think some people saw me as maybe a weak target. And then when they decided to pounce on me, they realized that it was probably the wrong idea. So um, I've always been quite cheeky and vocal and wouldn't take any shit from anyone um which is which is good I think it's made me very strong and independent today when did you first realize you were different gosh I think one of my earliest memories but I didn't I didn't think I was different in a negative way I couldn't understand I couldn't understand when people were talking about me and, and talking about my limitations. Um, I, I I kind of had this superiority about me. For, like, I knew deep down from a very young age that I was going to be successful. Um, and I was very determined from a young age. So when people said things to me, I was like, what, what are you talking about? Um, and I, I don't know whether it sounds a bit cliche, but I don't know whether it's like that star quality or I just always knew that I was going to, you know, be something and, and really achieve whatever I set my mind to it. I think even when I was like five or six years old, I, I have a vivid memory of a teacher asking me what I wanted to do when I left school. And I said, you know, well, I need to go to college. Then I need to go to um, colleges like high school here. So like the last two years. 
and then I need to go to university and then I want to be a teacher and if I don't become a teacher I want to do acting and that's exactly what I did so um I don't know where I think it I think it was quite an innate feeling like because both of my parents were actually introvert but my sister and I were extroverts so I don't really know where that kind of um that strength has come from but I don't necessarily you know I think it was definitely innate rather than learnt and I think I've I've subsequently learnt just to be even stronger does that make sense yeah absolutely what made you want to be an actress um I like being in the limelight (laughs) should I say what it is I just I I would like to say that it was something to do with, you know, pretend to be other people. It wasn't. I just like being the centre of attention from a young age. Um, I think I think when you, particularly when you grow up around a lot of adults, I mean, you, you, you'll probably relate to this, being around, you know, kind of healthcare professionals, doctors, you know, like you... I was more around adults than I was with, with people my own age a lot of the time. And then you start to feel like an adult when you're not. And I think I kind of liked that. I liked when people would listen to me um, because a lot of people, you know, would actually ask me uh, particularly about my condition. And I liked kind of that curiosity from people. Um, I didn't mind people coming up and asking me questions, um, you know, because I felt special and I felt special in a good way. And I just thought, you know, being being um, in theatre or being in films, you know, that that was an extension of that. And also, I after my father passed away, I become became obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And uh, I just saw Sarah Michelle Gellar as this little blonde protagonist that beat the crap out of everyone. And um, I fell in love with her. So I think that really sparked my interest into into acting. You're going to tell me that you're obsessed with Buffy too, aren't you? Well, I was really going to talk about how I was obsessed with Anthony Stewart. <laughs> What's his name? You know, Anthony Stewart Head? Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, you know, Giles. Yeah, Giles. No, yeah, yeah. no I've... Giles. No, I'm... My, uh, yes. <laughs> no, I'm not quite obsessed with Buffy. Okay, good. There you go. <laughs> it's a spotlight and it's all for me, was what... <laughs> Exactly. What was your relationship like with your parents? Um, my mother um, is a nurse, so that was um, perfect, given the nature of my condition. So I think we had a very close... I mean, my mother's my best friend. We had a very close relationship. Um, my father, he was a typical man, not very hands-on uh, with the kids. He was an army man, so quite proud. Um I think he felt this overwhelming guilt um, the, that I was born with, the disability I was born with. That was that kind of unspoken, you know, elephant in the room. And, um, you know, I, I only have one or two memories of him actually physically carrying me. Um, he was so, so petrified of um, injuring me. Um, so that's kind of sad. I, I kind of wish... I kind of wish he would see me now. I think he was very, very fearful of what what my life would be like. And I don't think it was because he doubted my abilities. I think it was because he saw the world that we live in and he saw that it wasn't an equal and fair world for someone with a disability. And I think that really scared him. Um, like I said, I'm very close to my mother now. I have one older sister. She has three children, so I'm an uh, auntie. So, yeah, um, you know, I've, I've got fond memories. Like I said, up until my father passed away, I've got fond memories of, uh, you know, being very family-centered. What adaptations have you made to the world around you? When you're like, I know you mentioned your wheelchair earlier. Do you have any other little tricks and gadgets you use to help you get through? Um, so I have recently got my own flat and I've had some adaptations done. So my front door is electric, my windows are electric, and my uh, bathroom is a, a wet room, like a, sh- a shower 
um, fully accessible. And I just have my kitchen adapted. So the um, cooker is hydraulic. It goes up and down. And my oven my oven opens sideways, which is kind of cool. And I've actually managed to find, like, a fridge freezer that is supposed to be for, like, static caravans, so, like, a small, a smaller version, which is just perfect. Um, I've also got, I don't know what you call them in America, like a helping, helping hand, like, you know, to pick up things from the floor. I've got about six of them lying around the flat because if you think about it, if you drop one of them, you need something to pick it up with. And I actually dropped, I, I actually dropped like three in, in, in concession, like one after another the other day. And I was like, crap, what am I going to do now? Um, what else have I got? I've got, obviously, when I go out and about, I love my shiwi, only because uh, I love feeling, you know, like masculine for the day, having a practically a prosthetic penis. That's what I call it. Shiwis are great. Um, and they were designed for like festival goers. But they are perfect for anyone who, well, what I use it for is either if I fracture and I can't transfer to the toilet or if I'm traveling and I've got like all my heavy bags on the back of my chair, I've got a manual chair. So it's one of them if I, if I actually get out of my chair, if it's too heavy, it'll just tip back and you don't want that to happen when you are in a public, a public bathroom, which did happen once actually. And I had to shout, it was at, it was at London Fashion Week. And once again, I might have had a few drinks and everybody put their, their, you know, you get like goodie bags at fashion week. So everyone put their goodie bags on the back of my chair. And then when I got onto the toilet, my chair just went backwards and I was trapped in the toilet for a good half an hour. I thought my friends might, might notice that I was gone, but I think they were all too drunk to realize, you know, that I wasn't coming back. So I started shouting and then the bouncers security men from this very very expensive posh hotel had to come and rescue me and the most embarrassing thing was they said if it happens again there is just a little alarm button just right next to you so I didn't even see the alarm button so that was embarrassing um sorry I've got off on a tangent haven't I I tend to do that no it's fine <laughs> so yes but I'm actually going next week next Sunday I'm going back to the same hotel so um I hope they don't remember me because that will be really embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how in those moments of panic, you kind of go tunnel vision, and you don't see the things that are right next to you almost. You know, so I, I can relate. I think it was that. Yeah. It was that, and it was alcohol, I think. I think it was a combination of two. And also, normally you expect like a cord, like a, a red cord. Yeah. But I think because it was a really posh place, it was just a button, and I've never just seen a button before. Yeah, I've never heard of a button either. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, that was that. But yeah, I don't think there's anything else that I really adapt. Um, I mean, I'm just quite resourceful anyway. I mean, kitchen utensils are great for grabbing things and hitting things. And, you know, I think you just use your environment. I mean, if anyone were to, if I had cameras in here 24 hours a day, people would just find it fascinating and I don't know about you, but I get really clumsy when I'm around people. I feel like they're watching me do what I do because sometimes we do things that aren't, in inverted commas, like normal, normal way of doing things. So when I'm on my own, I just get on with it. But sometimes I feel like if if someone's here, I like drop things on the floor and I just act like an absolute doofus. I'm just really clumsy anyway. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, That's yeah. not good when you've got OI, is it really? Um, well, uh, see, here in America, people are large, so I have a power wheelchair, and that helps quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, we, we we tend to build the extra large doorways. Which is helpful. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, yeah, you know, because that's something I think about. Because you know, it re would really be difficult for a power chair in London, especially, because you probably um, like, I, like I've thought about. I think no. Well, actually, new building since two thousand and forty. Uh, no, that's wrong. Two thousand and four. All new buildings have to have wider doors, and the light switches have to be lower, and the plug sockets have to be higher. So all new builds are are um, do have reasonable adjustments. So you'll be fine in in you know kind of a well a modern building. 
Yeah, I use the power chair, and that helps a lot. I, although I do miss the exercise. I used a, a push wheelchair until I was in, I don't know, seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade. So, yeah. Okay. What's seventh grade? What's How old is that? We've got different... It was year seven. <laughs> um, I would have been... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you know, like, it, like it's a direct translation, I think. So it would have been okay. year All seven. Okay, all right, okay. Okay, so like 11. Who inspires you, or who do you look up to? Gosh, it's stranger, because I, I did an interview earlier today, um, um, and it's difficult to say. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's no, there's no one that really springs to mind. I don't know whether that's quite sad for me to say. Um, I get inspired by a lot of different people, like... You know, people, I suppose all my friends inspire me because I wouldn't have them in my life if they didn't. But I don't think, I think growing up, I didn't have anyone that inspired me, really, because um, there was no one like me, um, which is why, I, I, you know, I'm really, um, I'm really pushing for more on-screen representation or authentic representation not only because I want to get more work as an actress, you know, for selfish reasons, but also because there's a lot of people that, you know, they, I mean, people come up to me and say that they are, they're inspired by me. So I think that's great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it is a funny one. I mean, obviously I've got like people that actors that I admire and for their work, etc. And there's other activists that I kind of come in contact with. Um, so yeah, there's not one person I would say. I, I get inspired by a lot of different people. Um, I think now that I'm in my 30s, I don't associate with people that don't bring something into my life. I'm quite confident with myself. I don't need friends. You know, I think you can count your true friends on one hand. Um, so anyone that is in my life now is there for a reason, not because I feel like I need to have lots of people around me. Well, if you're an actress, you always have the standby of Meryl Streep or something like that. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, <laughs> of course, of course, of course. No, like I said, there's lots of there's lots of people, um, public figures, etc., that I really admire their work, and 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 you know, kind of. But I I think I think when you, I'm I'm around these people a lot because that's what I do myself. So it's kind of, we're all in it together. So there's no one I really kind of look up to and go, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, you know, I want to be like you because I think that's a bit weird when you start being like that. It's like, I want to be me, but I appreciate what they're doing. You know, if they are a campaigner. Um, so yeah, or if, you know, if they are an actor, I can look and I can say, gosh, that was that was an amazing performance. But I don't really emulate, you know, emulate or feel super inspired by it. I just kind of... Uh, congratulate them does that make sense or am i just talking a lot of rubbish no that makes sense well part of the job as an actor is to be you and you don't want to act like somebody exactly. else if they wanted somebody else they'd hire no, them exactly so yeah yeah i completely agree with you though that i would love to see more disability representation in tv and movies it's one thing that really disappoints me a lot of the time that disability is mm. often used as a plot device in movies and tv like mm. there's a a tv show i watch where one of the characters uh horribly uses the use of her legs in one episode they give her a magic shot the next episode and she's back to normal and that's one of the things that just really hurts oh, really? me yeah that i feel like that they could have done better <laughs> instead of but anyway and, and no, I would definitely yeah I think I think there's a lot of um, you know traditionally we are unlucky in love or we want to kill ourselves or we're depressed or we're not the you know we're not the main, the main character or you know we're quite weak and vulnerable that's how we're normally portrayed in in, in films and it, I mean it goes back to when I say to people like I used to be a, a high school teacher people are like like astounded I'm like well yeah you know so but that. You know, I've never really seen any roles um, that are strong like that. Like, I don't see someone like myself being a lawyer or, you know, um, like a teacher or, you know what I mean? Someone who is a powerful, strong 
character. Yeah, or or if I see a movie that is uh, starring a character with disabilities, they're never played by someone with a disability. So, you know, like I, I was watching yeah. a movie the other day that I was, you know, which has a character that stars that that is the star of the movie that has a disability, and it's a really great performance, and it blew me away when I looked up and no, she is completely able-bodied, and I, you know. You know, I don't want to take any way, anything away from that actress. She was being great, but I really wish they would have found someone with cerebral palsy in this movie's case to actually star in the role. I, I mean, we have that debate at the moment because there's a few, um, there's a few films that are coming out at the moment. You know, that uh, Elephant Man, etc. And my argument is, and me as an actress as well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take away if they are the better actors because acting is acting ultimately you know you can be a straight person playing a gay character you know I don't think there's anything wrong with that because that that is the nature of acting however disabled actors aren't on the same playing field as able-bodied actors if if we if we were put up for as many roles as able-bodied actors then it's fair game but at the moment it's not fair game and that's the problem I have. We only have limited. We only have a limited opportunity to play to play roles because we're not, you know, we're not written about. You know, writers aren't writing for you know, disabled roles, and we're not cast because casting directors are still feel too uncomfortable and awkward around disability. So um, until we get offered as many roles as everyone else then I think any role that is disability-led should be played by a disabled character, uh, a disabled person. Another thing I think about, I know at least here in the United States, I don't know how the law is in the UK, but in the United States it's illegal to uh-huh. discriminate on disability, period. That's it. So that means you can't do a casting call for someone with a disability. That's illegal. I can't, as a casting director, say this character has cerebral palsy. I want to, you know, put out a casting call for people with cerebral palsy because then that is discriminating on people. You know, does that make sense? I I don't think that's the case in the UK because I often get scripts that say wheelchair user. So I think it's not exactly the same over here, but I suppose that's a form of positive discrimination, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a really weird problem, and I don't pretend to have all the answers, but it is really interesting problem to think about. How do you make it to where you can cast somebody with a disability if that character calls for it? Like, you can say this character mm. is black and go and cast for black actors, for example, mm. or, you know, or women actors. Mm. So how, anyway, it's yeah. something to think about. Yeah, it's uh, but we are we are making progress. I've noticed, you know, that, that there is a much more conscious effort, particularly in in British television. And I'm not just talking about film. I'm actually talking about mainstream, like you said, loose women, um, that are are stepping up and slowly, um, you know, being more diverse. Um, and that's across the board. That's across all uh, minorities, which is great, you know, um, but. If you actually look at it with, you know, statistically, it's still a very small percentage. What brings you joy? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Lots of things. I love fashion. Um, that's one of my big things. I'm hopefully having my own accessible um, handbag range coming out very soon, which is great. Um, I think fashion has always been a thing for me a coping mechanism for me I remember as a teenager I was going through typical teenager struggles with identity and body image and um I just couldn't stand people staring at me because you know what it's like people can just be ignorant or curious or whatever you want to call it um rude um and normally that you know I think if you you can cope with it when you're mentally okay but I think I was going for a dark phase and the the stairs really got to me and I broke down in tears and my sister said to me you know my sister who's beautiful but has no dress sense 
and she won't mind me telling you that. She had zero dress sense at all. Like, honestly, it's dreadful. <laughs> and um, she said, maybe they're looking at you because the way you dress, because I wouldn't be able to put my outfits together like you do. And from that day on, every time someone stared at me, even if it was because um, they were being a bit cruel or curious, um, you know, I just thought, now they're looking because I look amazing and my outfit is on point, you know, and that was really helped me. And also because I just like, I've got a natural flair for putting outfits together. Um, again, that's probably why I'm a creative person. So yes, fashion ice cream makes me happy, gives me joy. I don't think I would date anybody who doesn't like ice cream. London makes me very happy. I feel very blessed to, to live here. Um, I'm still, even six years on, I get butterflies when I see Big Ben. And I'm going to help the Houses of Parliament tomorrow. I'm very fortunate to, to sometimes get to work there. Um, yeah, London's amazing. And also Mexico. So I go and visit Mexico most years because my best friend is Mexican. I love Mexican food. Uh, yes, so that's quite quite a mixture of things. Okay, some quick follow-ups. What flavor of ice cream? Mm -hmm. It's very important. <laughs> oh, so, okay. So, I really like peanut butter. Not going to lie. I like pistachio. I'm good on vanilla, but with real vanilla pods. You know? Like strong vanilla. And I love cream, so it has to be like the full, just everything. Oh, and I love pasta as well. I'm a big pasta girl. Can't help it. <laughs> and then what makes a good, like, accessible handbag? That's never really something I've thought about before. So, I mean, this is the thing, like, when you think of, you know, disability, people get scared or, you know, like, inclusive fashion. People are like, oh, we're going to have to change everything. And actually, the reality is you don't have to change that much. So, you know, I've got a manual standard wheelchair um, and I've designed, like, clips that go onto the handle so that you can put the, the bag onto the back of your chair without using the actual handles. It's kind of hard to describe, but they're very discreet and they can also be clipped onto any any walking aid. Um, and also things like, you know, just slightly bigger zip, like a, the zips the, so you can easily um, open them and close them so they're not too fiddly because I know a lot of my friends who do have cerebral palsy, um, you know, struggle with gripping things. And also I think like we were saying before, you know, things like shiwi or medication to have like an internal pocket. Because I know that sometimes I ask people to um, to get things out of my bag for me, um, you know, particularly if I'm in pain or, or, or whatever. And, you know, you don't really want strangers or even your friends, you don't want them kind of reaching in and grabbing your shiwi or your medication or your personal things. So I've designed like in the bag, um, you know, like a really discreet, big, big internal pocket but it's not that obvious. It's a bit like a, yeah, like a secret pocket, which I think is great. There's a few other little just tweaks on the bags that just just make it easier, uh, you know, and and also you know to so you can find things. So an internal clip, uh, you know, for your for your keys, so that you don't lose your keys. So like I said, you know, all these things can be just on a on a standard handbag but they've just been slightly modified so that someone like myself um you know it's just them little just some little adjustments make all the difference i feel personally that's really cool i like that stuff a lot yeah that's those sound like some good adjustments you know like i really like the idea of the clips you can just like snap yeah. it on it's a really neat idea yeah so yeah exactly again going back to when you're drunk you need to find your keys <laughs> yeah yeah, I've done a little bit of that. So, like, uh, on my wheelchair, I kept breaking backpacks because they're on there 24-7. And if you have any mm. weight in them, they would just disintegrate. So I bought, like, a uh, mm. backpack that goes on the back of a motorcycle. So, like, it's real rigid and tough. And that okay. way it's, you know, and I've had that Sturdy. backpack for yep. years. And it's and it's held together. And That's then, cool. Yeah, I, th I thought that was really clever. And then I bought a... I call it a purse, <laughs> but it's, you know, like a messenger bag if you want to get fancy. Okay. It's just a little thing that I wrap uh -huh. around the back of my wheelchair, and I can keep, like, my keys and my wallet in it, things like that. So. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, those are the things I need quick access to. What do you consider your deepest need? <laughs> we'll go serious now. Hard turn. Oh, my God, I don't know whether... Oh, my God, I don't know. My, my, my deepest need... My God, you've, you've uh, stumped me. I think I think maintaining my independence. So this last, so I had a fall, obviously the toilet fall in November, broke my skull and broke my collarbone in two places, and that was a bit of a shock. Um, but it was Christmas time, so it, you know, it, I I was away with family and I could just like, I could go and rest. Um, and then obviously I had loose women, and a week after loose women. Um, that's when I, my chair tipped and I had another fall. And actually, normally I'm I'm really kind of just like, okay, just get on with it. But this time it's really affected my mental health because I've missed out on quite a lot of work. I've missed out on quite a lot of TV. And it just felt like I've just been in hospital and now it happened again. And it was a very, I was supposed to be on my way to work on that day so not only did I, I miss out on quite a substantial amount of money you know it was an accident it, I felt like it wasn't like I rolled over in bed and fr- fractured my arm it, it happened because I was rushing and I put too much in my bag and my bag was too heavy so that was kind of like my own not thinking and just being a little bit careless and when you've got osteogenesis, you can't afford to be careless. Um, so, yeah, and it's really impacted me because of my independence. And I think, if I'm honest, social media has really affected me this time. I've really um, had that feeling of missing out, people moving forward and me not. And normally that doesn't affect me that bad. I, I can normally be very realistic and optimistic and kind of step back and go, OK, this is temporary. I'll be back to normal in a few months. This time, um, it's re- I've not been able to snap out of quite a dark, dark kind of angry, um, yeah, an angry feeling towards this this um, fracture. Um, so yeah, my independence is is the thing that I kind of want to cherish the most uh, because I think I've worked so hard to to get it. I've worked a lot when people said no you can't live on your own no you can't have a boyfriend no you can't do that you can't go to a nightclub you know and I've I've proved everyone wrong and not you know I've not done it to prove them but I've done it because I wanted to do it myself and the fact that I've proved them wrong in the process has been an added bonus but yeah um independence is key and if anyone threatens that that's when that's when I feel the worst well, I'm I'm sorry to hear about that, and I think you can, you know, like I think you'll be all right. Just keep at it, you know. <laughs> uh, keep keep working towards oh, that yeah, goal. Yeah, I know. Keep working yes. towards the goal. Exactly. That's. I am. I mean, today I went out and did some filming for a charity, so I'm already feeling back to myself. I think for me, if I'm not active, if I'm not doing what I love, that's when it can go wrong. Yeah. So, luckily, I'm back on track now. What do you consider your biggest accomplishment? I think moving to London. So only a few years before moving to London, I, I had a very codependent relationship on my mother. I think because she gave up her career to be my full-time carer. And I kind of allowed her to do more for me. And I wasn't as independent as I should have been at that age because I felt like... Um, because I felt like if I did that, then she wouldn't have a purpose. So in only a short space of time, I mean, I don't want to give you my whole, like, it's not a, it's not a counselling session. Um, but basically, in a very short space of time, I went from not being able to even make my own meals, you know, um, to quitting my job as a teacher and moving 200 miles on my own to London. Um with no job to come to, just some savings and only having one friend in London. So I think that's my biggest achievement because it happened so fast and I I visualised it and I did it. I just quit my job and I moved without hesitation. Looking back now, I probably, like, obviously I'd still do it, but actually would I be, would I now do something so crazy? Maybe not. Like, you know, I just think, who was that person? That was so, that was so crazy. 
I'm sure your mom was scared to death, <laughs> even if she didn't tell you. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure she was horrified. Yep, she thought I was pregnant when I told her I was moving. I said, you need to sit <laughs> down, I need to tell you something. And she sat down, and she grabbed her chest, and she said, oh my God, please don't tell me you're pregnant. And I said, nope, even better, I'm moving to London. And that was that. But she loves it now, she loves coming to visit me. She's coming next week to see me. It's like a holiday for her. What is the biggest challenge you've have you had been? To... Have you been to London? Oh, sorry. Oh, ha- oh no, 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 oh, it's fine. Have I been to London? <laughs> yeah. Uh, have I been to London? Yeah. No, I have not. Uh, I watch a lot of British TV and stuff, so that's how I try to stay streetwise. <laughs> you know, for some reason, I went on a kick of watching British TV for whatever reason. You know, like I got, you know, like we I kind of got we started have the best with best dramas. Yeah. I kind of got started with Doctor Who. I had a friend in high school who got me into Doctor Who. And that kind of opened this door to me into a lot of this British TV, starting with, you know, Sherlock. And then I've watched, uh, there are people uh-huh. who I guess have nothing better to do and like upload like uh, chat shows from the UK on YouTube. So I end up. Oh, really? Watching. Yeah. I, I guess they don't have anything better to do, nice. but they'll upload like episodes of like Cats really? Does Countdown and stuff like, yeah, I, I don't know why. But, uh, That's hilarious. And apparently the Channel 4 doesn't care enough to pull them down. But, uh, yeah. Clearly not. No, <laughs> no. They get enough money. They get enough money from us paying our t- TV license. So I don't think they really yeah. care. Well, they eventually <laughs> pull them down, but it'll be like months before they eventually find, like, yeah. oh, this episode's been put up on YouTube illegally. Anyway, it's great. Yeah, so that, yeah, you know, like it's I would fine. like to go to London and see the you know, London Eye and Big Ben, and you know, like I love British culture for whatever reason. <laughs> but uh, you know, in the horrible way yeah, we exactly. talk here. Well. Aha! How yeah. rude! <laughs> like I was being rude to myself. I say, yeah, you know, the horrible way we speak here. Oh, I thought. Oh, oh, oh no, okay. no, 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 oh, no! Sorry, thought, oh. sorry. You know, I was saying the horrible way we speak here. You know, like we, you know, we took your language and ruined it. Oh, okay. I'll let you off. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. No. Oh, yeah, you did. It's your language. You know, we just borrowed it and ruined it. Yeah, it's pretty rubbish. Yeah, you know, we, yeah, you know, like, it's your language. (laughs) Certainly did. I'm not going to say anything more. I'll get into trouble. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, What's your hope for the future? So I definitely would like to pursue my pre- presenting more. I think it's something I just love. I, I, it's quite, it's like a drug. I feel it completely intoxicated when I do live television. So I really want to pursue that more, and I definitely want to pursue my fashion. So I'm going to see, you know, what comes from, you know, this handbag range. Um, I think that's what's quite exciting, like for me, because I. I always think, say yes to, to new opportunities. And then, you know, even if you don't know how to do it, you learn. <laughs> you know what I mean? So a little bit like Joey from Friends, when he puts like he can rock climb on his, you know, acting um, profile, but he actually can't or speak French and he can't. I think just say yes to things and then you'll figure out how to do it when you're there. So I did my first um, news report. Um, for local, well, not local, it was, well, it was London News. Um, and they asked me to do it, and I was like, yeah, of course I'll do it. And then when I got there, the presenter was like, so you've never done this before? And I'm like, nope. So I'm just going to learn now, which was a challenge, but I did it. And I didn't die, and the world didn't end. So I'm looking forward to just seeing what's out there. I think what's quite nice for me is when people say to me, what, what have you got, you know, what are you doing? What's happening? I think I sometimes don't know. I can get a phone call and, you know, they can say, can you do this TV tonight or tomorrow morning? Can you be here? Which is great, um, which means you can't really plan too much. But I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I like not knowing what's happening. Plans are just disappointments waiting to happen. <laughs> so there you uh, go. Yeah. There you go. How do you think people see you, and how do you wish people would see you? 
I, I get a lot of people say that within five minutes of meeting me, they forget that I, I have a disability, which is nice. Not that my dis- I should, it's a tricky one. Not that I'm saying that, you know, they should, you know, forget about my disability because that's part of who I am. But I think I put them at ease and they, you know, kind of just see me as, as they would any or any other friends or colleagues or um and I think I I think I again I don't like to use the word inspiration, but I think a lot of people feel inspired by me, which is lovely as long as they're feeling inspired by my my work as an actor or my work as a philanthropist. Um not just because I've got up in the in the morning and haven't killed myself yet, you know. Um and what was the second half of the question? Look at me. I'm supposed to be an actress and I've got like the memory of a <laughs> line. <laughs> what is my line? Uh, uh, What's the, my line? <laughs> the question was, how do you think people see you and how do you wish people would see you? I think you yeah. pretty well got it there. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I suppose I wish they would. I sometimes wish they wouldn't stereotype me or make um particularly like in the dating world I think that's where I struggle the most um I think you know and I don't even think it's necessarily I mean it's obviously to do with my disability some elements but also you know being in London it's hard dating anyway and I think being on, on like dating apps or dating sites it's such a throwaway society like you know like you can just like be so judgmental and pass judgment on a photo of someone. I think that's the challenge I've faced the most because I wish people would just like put that to one side because they might, someone, if they don't know me or speak to me, they might see me and assume I can't, I can't, you know, have sex or I can't have children or I can't drink or I can't go on holiday or I live with my parents, you know. Um, I think that is the biggest thing I would like to change if people just actually you know, live in the reality and, and realise that not all disabled people, you know, are conform to a stereotype. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say at the pearly gates? I was told in a past life I was a warrior. And in this life, my strength was taken away because the universe wanted me to focus on being like, you know, to strengthen myself mentally and I kind of really believe that I do believe that I've probably had about five different lives um so whoever is the universe I think I want to complete that I want to you know when I do go to the other other side or wherever then you know I hope that they'll be like yep you have mastered what we set out for you to master and so in one life, it was to be a physical leader, physically strong, um, and to lead people into good. And this time, it was to lead people into good, but actually using using my mind and using my heart and using my compassion and empathy. So I just want to say, job well done, Samantha. Job well done. High five. <laughs> um, High yeah. five. Yeah. If I have hands still. I, I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm, I'm kind of got a little bit distracted. I've just started going online shopping because I think I have an issue. <laughs> so I'm multitasking right now. Yeah. But I really need to concentrate because it's a very expensive. It's a very expensive shop and I don't want to click on anything while I'm talking to you <laughs> and then commit to buying something that's yeah. like £500. Yeah. So I probably should step away from my computer. And then tomorrow you receive a $500 handbag in the mail. And you know, and <laughs> where did this come from? Yeah. I'll be bill. I'll, I'll be beer. I'll be billing it to you. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. <laughs> so just you put it I'm on joking, my tab. Right? Yeah. And I'm here in America. Good yep. luck finding me. You know. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, anyway. okay. Don't worry. Yeah. There's a. Yeah. Don't worry. I will. You will. Okay. You won't get away with it that easy. <laughs> Uh, that's the last question okay. I have for you, so you can shop to your heart's content if you would like. Is there anything else you would like to talk about? Oh my goodness, I... I don't know. I think I think um, I think I've kind of covered most areas, haven't I? 
Is there anything you would like to uh, pitch? You know, sell the sausage? Gosh, oh my god, you're really putting me on. Um, okay, so you can follow me on social media. So my Twitter, 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 Twitter handle is at Sam Renko, S-A-M-R-E-N-K-E. And then my Instagram is Samantha Renk, R-E-N-K-E. And people get confused because of my accent. It's N for November, not M. So probably people try and find me, but they type M instead of N, but I can't help it. So yeah, so follow me on, on those platforms and say hi. I really like Twitter, I like debating on Twitter and I love showing off on Instagram like we all do. But yeah, if you get a chance, say hello. Um, I hope you enjoyed me ranting on um, <laughs> for the past hour. You're the only person I've ever met who says they enjoy debating on Twitter. Like I, I don't, I don't know anybody who enjoys oh, I quite that. I like it. I quite, <laughs> I quite like it. I quite like it because sometimes I'm a bit devious. Sometimes I just like start the argument or the or the debate, and then I don't actually get involved after I've like influenced, like you know, set the scene. <laughs> I just watch everyone else fight. You lay all the landmines and then wait for them to take the field, yeah. Basically. Basically. And then I don't and then I don't actually get involved. I just like to see the carnage. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that unfolds. Yeah. People don't know how to debate anymore. They feel like they have to be correct and I think that's where it's Agreed. wrong. Like people can just say you we don't we don't have to agree with each other. You know what I mean? Like that's fine and that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Like no not everybody has to like one another. And that's healthy. That's all right. But that doesn't mean that you have to be horrible to each other just because you don't get on and you don't agree. I think it, people just get too aggressive too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? Oh, God, that's why we've got a democracy. But anyway, that's for another podcast. That's one thing I really miss in our society is the art of good debate. We have lost that over the last, you know, more than decade, I guess. You know, it's the art of having a really good debate. Of course, you know, that's something that I love to do. Is to you know, of course, you know, let's take up a side and let's you know figure out who's right. You know, or we don't figure out who's right. But that's yeah. Anyway, I um, <laughs> no, it was nice. I went to my friend's but I went to my friend's birthday at um, a lovely venue, and there was only eight of us, but um, all diverse people. Like someone from RuPaul Drag's Drag Race. We had a lesbian that works for Stonewall. Um, he's a gay lawyer. And then we had like a trans woman there, black trans woman there. And it was such an eclectic, like it, like you couldn't even make it up. Like it was just so random. But we were talking and debating about all sorts of political things, you know, issues that we face as such diverse people. And it was so refreshing, you know, it was lovely. I've not had that mental stimulation for a very long time. Yeah, it was nice. It was, But it was people, we were listening to each other, and I think that's key. Well, thanks so much for doing this with me. I've really enjoyed this, and I hope that you got something out of it. And... You're welcome. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here. I've, I greatly appreciate it, and I'm glad you got your shopping done. More than welcome. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Take bye care. Bye. Bye.